Howdy Perry sisters and allies, Beth, Annie, Nat, and future guests are here to talk about how perimenopause is affecting our lives. We have more than likely been boozing, so if you're easily offended or you're looking for serious medical advice, you should see yourself out right now. What's behind these fits of rage? Decreased libido and dry vag stage. Why can't I focus on this fucking page? It's perimenopause. Welcome to Beth and Annie's Perimenopodcast. I am your host, one of your hosts, Beth. Um, I started perimenopause when I was 38, and today I am 46. Annie? Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I'm Beth's younger sister. Um, I also started perimenopause when I was... <laughs> that was so passive-aggressive. Go ahead. When I was 38, um, 43 now, so five years. Nat? I just want to say what an improvement that was from last episode when Annie didn't know how old she was. I practiced before I got on. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to learn, and it's been fascinating. My wife if she's real, is maybe going through some of the same stuff you guys are. So this has been real useful, and thanks for letting me hang out. I appreciate it. I'm also younger than Beth, by the way. Oh, my God. These are such asses. Um, well, I am so excited because today we have, can we still call you the Perry Godmother? I love that. I love that. I know. <laughs> well, with your first video, I was like, oh, my God. We were separated at first. Emily Barclay is here from the UK. Um, so mm-hmm. now Nat can be like, oh yeah, we have extra cred in the podcast. We can all say that we have extra cred. I know, me. right? Like we're international now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Emily, if you don't mind, I mean, I'm sure you have shared multiple times, um, just sort of giving us some history of your perimenopause journey. Kind of similar to you guys. I was 39 when I started perimenopause. It was ridiculous, really. I'd I'd gone from being the fittest I'd ever been in my life. So I'd been training for Ironman triathlons. I was like, I was on it. Like four months later, exhausted, angry, periods all over the place, weight gain. I mean, just didn't recognize the person I had become in the space of those four months. And, you know, back and forth to the doctor. It's the usual story. I'm sure you've heard this a million times. I was back and forth to the doctor. I'd go with my post-it note going, um, hi, these things are wrong. And the doctor would go, hmm. yeah, you're probably stressed. Yeah, you probably need to exercise more. <laughs> yeah, I'm training for an Ironman. Come on. I don't think I need to exercise more. Maybe sleep better. Okay. Do you have any clues? Just sleep better. All right, then. So, yeah, it took about three and a half years before um, and lots of blood tests and lots of everything and nothing was coming back with anything concrete. And it was about three and a half years later when I was 42 that I then finally sat down with yet another doctor and we'd done more blood tests and yada, yada. I kind of said, right, well, I think it's one of two things because still the fatigue was the really big overriding issue for me. And I was like, I think it's one of two things. She's like, I agree. I think it's one of two things too. I'm like, yeah, great. Um, I think it's either chronic fatigue. Sorry, one of my dogs is now being an arsehole. I assumed that Um, that was Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was like, well, it's either chronic fatigue or, but by this point I'd been tracking it and I'd like downloaded everything from the app I'd been tracking in into Excel so that I could pull out graphs because I'm that person love it no data yes (laughs) I know totally I was just like I've got all this data but I can't pull it out of the app 
I'll just manually input it into Excel and do something with it. Um, and it really clearly showed that there was a cyclical aspect to it. So, you know, when I was speaking to the doctor, I was like, well, it could be chronic fatigue, but there's definitely a cyclical aspect to it. So I think it's probably, I think it's probably perimenopause. And I said, also, I don't know if this is the same in the States, but I suspect it is. Over here, if you have chronic fatigue on your medical records, there is a tendency for medical professionals to just go, oh, yeah, it's your chronic fatigue about everything Mm -hmm. and just write it off. And I was like, well, I don't actually, I don't want to be written off that everything is then something that I'm not sure it is kind of thing. So, So we agreed it was perimenopause. That was lovely. I felt like a weight had lifted because I was no longer dying of some something I could you know pinpoint um so I was able to come home and google as obviously we all shouldn't but we all do (laughs) and um everything I found was relating to menopause and was about women who have finished their periods and who are in their 50s and I was like I'm 42 this is that's not me I'm not I'm not there you know And I found a few kind of support groups and stuff and people were talking about their grandkids and they were talking about like their countdown to retirement. And I'm like, (laughs) really, this this is not my world. (laughs) Like, I'm not there. I mean, I I personally don't have children, but none of my peers are anywhere close to having grandkids. You know, that's just, that's not on the radar yet. Obviously it will be for them in the future, but currently I'm like, in a moment of, probably stupidity but I think it was a flash of inspiration at the time I thought what could what about if I just bring together a load of experts who all work with perimenopausal women and put them on a website and kind of put a Facebook group together and hey we'll see what happens and there we are and like nearly three years later we're I think we're going to tip over 35,000 women in the Facebook group in the next couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and 60 experts and um yeah it's and very it's kind of robust blessed. yeah and I feel like I yeah. listened to the earlier I don't I, I don't remember when I contacted reached out to you but I just like watching your first videos and the swears right you're a little sweary and um and then how you yeah. respond to some people sometimes I was like oh yes um <laughs> <laughs> I I can't be Yes, you're right, Beth. I do sometimes swear. <laughs> it has been known, especially when people come into the group and try to sell or try to pe- prey on vulnerable people. I get really angry about that. Mm-hmm. And therefore the swears get unleashed. And every time it happens, I get told off by somebody. Different person each time. The last time I did it, I, I genuinely got an inbox message from somebody going, well, you swore in your post. I think that's wholly unprofessional. I can't believe an admin would do that. I'm leaving the group. <laughs> and I'm like, well, literally in the rules of the group, you have agreed to the fact that swearing's okay because we're all going through pure hell. So what? Obviously, we can't keep track of all 35,000, but I, it really has been <laughs> such a fun place to be. Um and very validating. So thank you, Emily, for creating it. I mean, one of my favorite all time was um, when someone posted the the negligee that like goes clear up your um, 
lady bits. Oh my God. And then all of the slang that I learned, like meat, <laughs> meat flaps and it was, yep. <laughs> it was so, it was perfect. Do you guys not have that sort of slang over there? I had never, no, I mean, we do, but it's not some of, I was like, oh my God, it's like learning a new crass language. This is wonderful. I can use these terms here and no one, you know, if it's out of context, they'll have no clue what I'm talking about. You can just go, I'm, I, I'm just looking at my beef curtains. <laughs> <laughs> no one need ever know. Yep. No. It's, Until somebody English is in the room and then they'll be like, you're what? <laughs> Minge is another good one. Love that one. Minge is a great one. Yeah, it's, yeah, D&T. So yes, you created the perimenopause hub um, and then you have a website too, correct? That is associated with, so did the Facebook group happen first and then you developed the website? No, the website website came first. Mm -hmm. So in my moments of clarity, um, I thought, oh, perimenopause hub, that sounds nice. That sounds like it brings people together. So obviously I then went on to one of the domain register things and went, oh, perimenopausehub.com is available. Brilliant. It's a sign. I'll do it. <sighs> For my sins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, the, the website was the first thing and the, the Facebook group was like a day later. But, mm-hmm. you know, so it wasn't, you know, um, it was all kind of at the same time. But yes, the website was the initial plan mm-hmm. yeah it's excellent um and like i said very robust lots of experts on there um willing to help it's so nice yeah okay. and covering and covering all different aspects because that was that was really important to me that as women we get told all the time how we should live our lives and how you know and we should be smaller or we should be taller or we should be prettier or we should be longer head or we should be shorter head or we should blah 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 blah, and it's and then we get to menopause and oh well you should have hrt or you should do this and you should do that and it is not my place to judge how anybody goes through this it is my place to provide people who can help them so you know if i see that there is a glaring gap in the experts i will endeavor to find that person because it's not for me to judge that somebody needs somebody to hold their hand through past traumas or through navigating whatever it is it's just for me to find that person so that the women going through it can find the right person for them and that's that that kind of underpins the whole thing and every now and then we get people being judgmental in the group and I get really angry (laughs) I will not stand for judgment I will not stand for people being judgmental that is just a hundred percent no do not do it. Right. We're all suffering through the same thing. Yeah. Well, and, and I, we all have, and we all have our own take on how we manage our healthcare. We all have yeah. our own pasts. We all have our own everything. So nobody has a right to judge us on how we're choosing to go through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same. My story is very similar to yours. Like my hair, I'm losing a, a lot of my hair. Right. And like my nails are yucky and um, a little bit of weight gain and, but I have hypothyroidism. So I went, you know, went to the doctor and he was like, everything's normal. He said, you know, I could probably tell you, it's just, you're, you're aging basically. Like this is normal progression. Like what does that really mean? 
when Annie, a few years later, right, started going through it and she was like, oh my God, I think I'm dying. This, 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 and this is happening. I was like, no, no, hold up. I can tell you what it is. It's perimenopause. And no one has used that word for me. I just sort of, yeah, like, I feel like we figure it out for ourselves. And then I want to know, where the hell is our mom, right? Like my grandma, why wish they went through it? Did they not know this term? But I don't think perimenopause was a word then. Yeah. I genuinely don't think, it, I mean, I'm sure it was, but I don't think it was widely used. And, you know, when I speak to my mom about it, she's like, oh, yeah, I had a few hot flushes and I was 51 and then it was all done. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks, mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ours, our mom has similar. I mean, she said she started when she was about 35. Um, and mm-hmm. then shortly thereafter, because she was having such chronic bleeds, they put her on um, birth control and so she like coasted on that until she was 50 and they were like, hey, you're getting kind of old to be on this. Let's just take you off of it. So she essentially had no <laughs> perimenopause <laughs> symptoms um, for like 10 years. Lucky duck. Yeah. So she's also very like nonchalant. Like, oh, yeah, it, it was fine. It wasn't that big a deal. Um, I mean, mum did message me the other day. I went, you know, it's much better when you get out the other end. And I'm it, like, well, that implies you had a really bad time going through it. Hold <laughs> on a second, mother. <laughs> yeah I mean maybe it is um almost you know kind of like childbirth where you forget like how awful (laughs) delivering right like oh yeah that wasn't so bad I'll have more yeah um so maybe I I know but maybe mother nature like is the hormones are tricking us right like so when we are through it we're like that wasn't so bad I don't know. Yeah. But then the list. So I, I ended up ordering this book and the it was like two pages of a bulleted list without descriptions, just like here are the different symptoms of perimenopause. So it totally makes sense that you need 60 experts. It's scary, though, because there are so many, so many symptoms and they can impact you in so many different areas of life. And when as we've both, you know, as we've all said, when you first start going through it, you're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I could always sleep. Now I can't. I could always manage my weight. Now I can't. I always had energy. Oh, no. I've never been an angry person. Shit. You know, I mean, I, I, had, some, I had some episodes when I was, I was horrible to my partner. Really nasty. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was possessed. It was like I was watching myself be awful. And then I'd be like, please stop don't do this this is horrible and it was it was like being possessed and I, I like it's really difficult to explain that to somebody who hasn't experienced it mm-hmm. and and that I can only apologize if your wife is going through this and if you're on the receiving <laughs> end of that well that's very sweet of you right Nat yeah talk to me Beth come on tell tell Emily what you did a few weeks ago Okay, I, I did have like four real questions for her, but I'm happy. Oh no, no, ask the no, real no. questions. Ask the real questions. Well, we want to help your theory, your your hypothetical. That's what you call it, your hypothetical wife. So ask away. Well, they don't all have to do with my hypothetical wife, but I say just in terms of perimenopause itself, Beth and I are pretty good buddies. I feel like when did you start talking to me about this for the first time? Two years ago. Yeah. Um, I want to, I mean, obviously it was pre COVID. So maybe how long ago was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't all, know. all sense of time, whatever. Well, maybe, so maybe, maybe a like two years than... before COVID. Yeah. So yeah, she started I... talking to me about it and 
I didn't know what it was. It was completely news to me. I'm not the most informed person in the world, but I'm not the least informed person in the world either. I, I, you know, but this was just a completely new thing to me. She had this list with all these symptoms on it. And it just practically seemed made up because there were just so many and so nuts. And then the more we talked about it, and then she was like, I want to do a podcast. And so we, we started doing this and now I have learned a lot more. So that's just kind of a long-winded way of me saying like, how come this isn't bigger? You have 35,000 members on your page or whatever, and that's a lot. But this is something in theory, like every woman goes through that yeah. lives up to a certain age. So it's a it's affecting what are people alive in the world today? It's going to affect like what, three and a half billion of them. You got like what to me seems like a huge group, which is 35,000. And, yet, and yes, it's literally the, a drop in the ocean. It's a it? drop in the ocean. Right. Why yeah. is it? Why is this something that I was just hearing about when I was like 41 or something for the first time? I, I genuinely don't have an answer to that. Why is it something that, you know, we don't hear about it in school, in sex education. We don't hear about it in anything. So, right. you know, at school, we learn we learn about sex. We learn about putting condoms onto bananas because yeah. that's really important, actually. Yeah. Um, we learn that women don't talk about what happens at childbirth. We learn that that is like Fight Club, you know, right. first we rule. <laughs> um it and we like learn that close. eventually women just get really old and then they end up on the scrap heap. Yep. <laughs> Can't get those <laughs> big Hollywood roles anymore. Yeah, unless you're Judy Dench and an right, actor. Right. Like, like, right. But like right. we don't there's there's this kind of massive gap. And and I, I genuinely feel like we're the first generation who are actually talking about it. This has been going on for millennia. Why are we the first generation who are talking about it? Right. Sorry, I've just thrown no, your question back at you no, now. I well, have no answer for and you. And you know what? I, I, that's kind of how I thought this would go. I thought I thought you would just kind of throw it back at me because it just defies any reason to me. I, mean, I don't. It's it's crazy. So that's but my first comment, right? But so the thing is, so it's it's barely taught even at medical school. Well, right. You said your doctor, uh, the first doctor you went to, and I don't want to make any judgments on him or her or whatever. But it, it sounds like. They didn't know what was going on. So, okay, let me let me tell you a little story that makes me makes my brain implode every time I sell it, tell it. Um, I was speaking to Susie, who is the GP attached to the hub, and I like to go off on tangents, so I went off on a tangent. And I was uh, telling I her love about a good tangent. Yeah, go I'm, good with a, I'm good with a tangent. So, um, I was telling her about how my mum had been diagnosed with a neurological condition. Good tangent, this. Um, called transverse myelitis. Okay, in the UK, there's 300 diagnoses a year. So it is not a common thing. I have to sigh before I even tell you this. Susie told me at medical school, she learned more about transverse myelitis than she did about menopause. Yeah, well, that, that's, why, that's why nobody, that's why so, you only have 35,000 followers. So, right so if there. it's so if it's not even being taught at, at, at medical school, then it comes down to all of us to kind of grassroots talk about it, and ultimately, surely the doctors will have to go. Oh, hang on a sec. Maybe we need to know about this. Yeah, you would think that. I mean, I don't know if we're making progress. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that this may happen for for people who are currently, you know, girls who are five now. Maybe, maybe we can hope that for them, 
this will have become something on the medical curriculum. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's only it's only half the population. <laughs> right. Annie has a theory. Well, yeah, if it was if it was a male issue, it would have been taken 100%. care of by now, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Yep. So and that's the biggest one. And, and then that's, I think that's, that's my point about the transverse myelitis that mum has. That can that can affect men or women. So it's taught at medical school. And I and I, I try really hard not to get all kind of on my feminist bandwagon about this because it isn't about that. But but then time and time again I see these things and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. If this happened to men, it it would be better understood. If this happened to men, there, there was there was a study. <laughs> this is again, this is laughable. There was a study done in late 60s, early 70s into the effects of declining estrogen on the body. And they didn't recruit a single woman because our hormones are a bit unreliable. <laughs> I saw something, um, I was watching a video the other day and it was a guy, uh, he was a reporter and he was going around at a, at a Trump rally and he was asking people various things and just you know, getting them to say really ridiculous answers. And one of the people there was like, uh, you know, you can't have a woman ever be president. And he was like, well, why not? And he's like, oh, they're, they're too volatile, too un, unreliable. Like they could, you know, they'd be likely to start a war. And he goes, but hasn't every president ever in history been a man? So like, and we've been in like loads of wars. Right. And then the person kind of froze like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> like, oh, right. Every single war that's ever been started has been started by a man. But we better not ever put a woman in there because maybe she might start a war. I'm so sorry. That's that, that um, my tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, God, totally. I, I'm going to I'm going to take your tangent and run with it briefly. Go. Sorry, Beth. I'll get back on no, track. No, no. Um, this is why we love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Facebook page called Man Who Has It All. I... I tell everybody that they should look at that because basically they take they take headlines about women and they flip it to to men and it is so exactly what you're saying that they would they would be like oh we could possibly we couldn't ever possibly have a male president because he'd start wars and you know then they'd get people commenting and stuff it's brilliant everybody should go to that what's it called man who has it all man who has it's on it facebook all. all right i'm excited I mean, it is like just compare compare perimenopause, which you know I've learned through the course of this podcast could last. That said, ten years, although maybe More. some people say fifteen. I mean, some of the stuff y'all are describing, and some of the stuff I've witnessed with my own eyes are, are pretty horrifying. And uh, to think about going through that for like a decade is crazy. And no one, and again, I didn't know about it until Beth started talking to me about it. Um, which I mean, how many? guys just have a female friend that just chats them up about that probably not too many and Hi. meanwhile there are erectile dysfunction commercials on 24 7 i mean i watch a lot of sports exactly. and so and so the i guess the the sweet spot for anybody advertising on sports is guys they can't get it up they just you know really their bread and butter audience and i and I, so i know that if that ever happens to me i got a lot of options yeah, you've got loads of options. A lot um, of people looking to solve that problem. Yeah, but no one looking because we're just hysterical women. Oh, you're you're just crazy, right? Yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. yeah. Chronic fatigue, or um, so I was having gut issues. So, oh, we, the, you know, there's there's nothing. It, it's IBS. Like 
That's all it is. IBS. Yeah, it's probably really IBS and it's probably in your head. You're right, right. Yeah, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. like you're stressed. Yeah, so, you know, oh, yeah. caused by stress and, and it's IBS due to stress. And How long ago was it that a husband could just have his wife thrown in an insane asylum for being crazy, like, and just on a whim? Yeah, not know. very long ago. I mean, it was like, what, 80 years ago, something like that? Probably not even. I don't know. But well, I mean, that's all the time. Like if a woman was hysterical, which is like maybe just like, say like your husband's cheating on you and you get pissed off about it. And then <laughs> exactly. they're just like, you know, like you, you stand know what? up for yourself. <laughs> how about, how about, you know what? Three years in the sanitarium will cure this problem. I mean, it's not that long ago. It's crazy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. And I mean, on, on a similar, on a similar note, um, marital rape only became illegal over here. I don't know about the, the, the laws over there in the nineties. I think it's the okay. same here. So I a man learned that and was shocked. Do you think there's states? Me too. I was astonished. Don't you think there's probably states that it's there's oh, different I, laws I think in there here? There are probably oh, states sure. where, yeah, yeah, like Alabama. Not, not to name any states by name. No, I, I didn't want to name any. <laughs> but I mean, and, and I'm saying this. I'm saying this as a Brit looking in. But you know, we from the outside maybe sometimes feel that women's rights in some states are a little bit sketchy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can confirm. You might be yeah. right. Yeah. But I won't go down that rabbit hole right now. Yeah. We don't have to delete Alabama out of this one. <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to delete a big chunk of the last podcast out. <laughs> really? Because, because of some comments. And then Annie pointed out, she looked at our podcast listening demographics and less than 1% of our listeners come from Alabama. So we were like, well, well what are, who are we protecting here? Right? Right. So also it was it was surprisingly easy for me when Beth said she wanted to start this podcast to just snap up a lot of perimenopause Gmail accounts, which yeah. for something affecting, you know, conservatively a couple billion people, you would think I, it wouldn't have been that easy for just a middle aged man to snap them up like two years <laughs> ago, three years ago. But here we no, are. And I should I shouldn't have been able to get that domain name well, so right. easy. That way, when you said that, that was the mental note I made. I was like, well, it's great that she got such a good name. That's kind of a surprise. And I was like, actually, no, it's not. I was able to get three really prime email addresses just on a whim. Yeah. Nobody wants these things. Um, so Emily, I want to learn more about your men of what? Oh, men of what? Oh, well, say it properly. Men of what? Oh, yeah. There's okay. two A's in there. There's two A's. There's two A's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your book, um, yeah. which is perimen what is it? Perimenopause, what the No, it's Meno What the Oh, okay. <laughs> it's starred out, so I can't say it. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, like a dolphin. You can Ooh. say it on this pod. Well, you know, my my English swearing, I always feel like it's sort of not necessarily appreciated by people in the States. Really? Oh no, it sounds fancy. <laughs> <laughs> you could totally get away with it so if i say men are what the fuck <laughs> that's perfect it sounds fine oh God, it does. She, she was obviously went to the finest schools and <laughs> right? actually i did really? <laughs> i actually god tangent again bloody hell um i actually went to a school that princess diana went to oh yeah wow mm. Not at the same time, I might say. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Anyway, so Men What is all about um, workplace menopause education. 
because it's it doesn't only affect us at home funnily enough yeah we do webinars and stuff for businesses who just want to support their (laughs) imagine that who want to support their people yeah right because we're super smart and seasoned and we know what we're doing we just sometimes need (laughs) some space it's it's completely understood that when a woman is pregnant her hormones are doing crazy shit and we need to just allow for that and accept that maybe things get forgotten and maybe we need to follow up with an email or whatever and then we get to the next point when our hormones go crazy and everyone goes yeah and I'm I'm very aware that the UK is doing well if we can say that we're still not doing very well but we're doing better on corporate menopause education than elsewhere in the world. But I think the most recent stat I saw was that 7% of workplaces in the UK have addressed the menopause. Wow. And apparently we're leading that in the world. (laughs) So, yeah, so that is another of the missions. So, that you know, the mission is help every woman feel like she's not alone. That's Mm -hmm. a good starting point. But also help everyone feel like at work she's supported. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, the books, there's there's the there's Men Know What the Fuck for Women and for Men. So they're both ebooks, they're very short, they're very easy to read. I, I I'm not very good at doing things that involve too much brain power. And they just give you an, an overview of what's happening. But there's intentionally one for men to support partners, wives, sisters, mothers, whatever, to also just get a feel for Jesus, what's going on? Because there's not very much out there to help men to support women going through this. That's why we love having that here. That's really nice of you. I actually thought that more people would be bothered by the fact that I was on the podcast, but I've gotten really nothing but positive reviews. And I think, I think it's really good. I think it, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this a lot that again, we're the first generation who are probably talking about it, but we're the first generation where, where men are just going, hang on, what's going on? What's happening to you? And nobody told me. You know, it was such a bizarre discovery. Yeah. I honestly thought that she was kind of like semi making it up the first time she talked to me, just because how could this have possibly been kept secret for so long? I mean, you can't keep anything secret. No. Right? You tell like two or three people something, it's a secret. There's like billions of women and then, you know, men that are affected in the, I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> collateral damage or whatever <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> and uh and no one's no one talks about it I know. my parents i've never heard my parents utter a word of any of this well well right so Nat, you had more questions you said you had four questions oh, i did i didn't write any of them down though uh, okay. we've, we've, <laughs> we've addressed two of them come back to me annie get buy me some time go on a tangent annie I can do that for you. Okay. So, yeah, I think there's two main reasons why we don't have the treatment options or people aren't talking about it. One, it's not a male problem. And the second one is I don't think women really want to face the fact that we're aging. Yeah, if we talk about it, then we have to accept that this is happening to us. And so I think that's we're just trying to distance ourselves from the aging process. Um, and it is an uncomfortable subject to broach. So if I were to say some something like, like I'm going to do an episode today for our podcast. What's your podcast? Perimenopause. And then there's always that awkward pause. Of like, and this is, you know, a woman my age, like, do I want to know more about that or not? We're not ready. We don't want to accept that this is something we're going through. Cause when we think menopause, we think end of life. Yeah. And I think the media has a lot to answer for that because if you look in magazines and, and whatever, 
the images that are attached to articles about menopause are women in their 70s. Now, there's nothing wrong with being in your 70s, and that, that's also not very old, but that's not where we are. And if people could see a photo of, you know, sorry, Nat, probably not you, but the three of us, they'd be like, oh, I don't think you guys could be in the perimenopause because you don't look old enough. And it's like, well, that's exactly who we are. Uh-huh. That's what the doctors, media- yeah, kept saying, Emily, was like the ones that I saw. And I, maybe you heard the same thing. Like, no, it can't be, it yeah. can't be perimenopause. You're, You're too not young. old enough. You're not You're old too enough. Young. Like, okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I don't yet have grey hair and I'm not wearing a twin set and pearls. So I'm <laughs> clearly not old enough. So... <laughs> That the, that the perimenopause uniform? Yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, at some point I'm going to have to, like, give in with the hair and, you know, accept that I need to have the old lady perm. But for now, I'm rebelling against it. One of the, I, I remember something I was going to say. You talked about people trying to sell stuff in your group. So we have a much shorter reach than you do. I mean, we have, like, maybe a couple hundred people, something like that. And... We still get contact. We remember uh, there was the guy from the UK that was contacting us for a while. He was awesome. You might be surprised to hear that there's someone in your country that can cure this stuff. Oh, good. Brilliant. Where is he? I don't know. Possibly. I'd I'd be surprised if he hasn't hit you up too, but he really sent us several messages just like, yeah, I can fix this. You know, like I wanted to come on the pod, had a bunch of methods and was essentially it was like mental, right? It was like, it's just in yeah, your head. Kind I, of. Now looking back, maybe we should just, to, I'm sure we fun. still have the messages. Just for we fun, should, have him on. We should have him on. Now we don't want to, yeah. there's podcasts now that are taking a lot of heat for uh, spreading disinformation. <laughs> we, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We, we don't want to necessarily be like, <laughs> we are, we're just, we're just trying to hear both sides of the argument. Both, both the, this is real. And this is all in your crazy head. Uh, but he was, he genuinely thinks that it's all in our head. He didn't say, I don't know if he said that directly, but it was like meditation and something that was, it, he, he specifically used the term cure for perimenopause, the word cure. Wow. Yeah. And he's not the only one who's tried to, but that, that have you, what's something that you've gotten, someone's tried to sell you to, they trying to sell you perimenopause related stuff or just any stuff? Like oh cars. God, where do I start? Um <laughs> So I have had people come into the group trying to sell all sorts of MLM stuff, which makes me so angry. I can't tell you because it's just preying on vulnerable people. Oh, yes, this such and such, this this snake oil will make you better. Oh, yeah. I won't mention the the name of the company, but I was approached by a company recently who are researching, putting together a menopause project and all the rest, and they wanted to... This just makes me laugh still. This isn't particularly about selling, but it just makes me laugh. They wanted to know um, how I interact with people in my group. So do I do I have a plan? How do I interact? And I was like, well, I just show up as me. If I want to see photos of people's dogs, I ask a question to see people's dogs. Like, what? <laughs> and the guy went, mm. oh, I see, authentic. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, but he was wanting to understand how to sell to women going through menopause because he wanted to know how ultimately to target this market. And it's like, no, it's not a market to be targeted. It's people going through pure hell, you know, and mm, authentic. No, I'm not authentic. I'm just me. (laughs) Wow. Also, I I like this, the concept of how do you talk to people? It's like, oh yeah, you want to make sure you don't like look them directly in the eye and just kind of like look to the side, you know, just, 
I don't know. It almost suggests that there's like something inherently wrong with all the people and you have to talk to them different than you would talk to a normal person. Yeah, um, I think I think he was just like, oh, your, your social media reach is really wide. What do you do? And I'm like, oh, I don't to show off as me. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, interesting. Yeah, interesting. How do we bottle this? I'm like, you don't. You just actually just become a decent human being. Yes. That's hard for some people, though. Yeah, isn't it just? So are you willing to share, like, some things that have helped you power mm-hmm. through? Um, right. What has helped me? What has helped me? Chickens in the home. Obviously, having chickens is really important. Having dogs is very important. <laughs> Not having children, that's helped me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um I see quite a lot of posts of people going, oh, exercise is the answer. Now, for me, it really wasn't. Because I'd been pushing myself too hard, as it turned out, I still can barely exercise because the second I do, it just brings the fatigue straight back. So I've had to really learn how to regulate that. I've had to set boundaries. That's been a real biggie to me of like, no, actually, beyond that time, I don't work. Or on that day, I do. well, I mean, even in, in arranging this, Beth, you, you mm-hmm. came to me saying, could I do a Friday evening? I'm like, no, I can't, actually, because that's my time. Previously, I'd have always said, yeah, whenever. But I, I can't do that anymore. I think for me, boundaries and tracking everything, so symptoms, um, mood, food cravings, sleep, energy, whatever, those are the two things that have really helped me to get to know what my body's actually doing and then be able to say to other people, sorry, no. Yeah. Annie, didn't you specifically talk about that as part of yeah. what's helped you set, was... setting boundaries, setting limits, right? Oh, I thought you meant like recording everything because in the beginning I thought I was dying. I'm like, this has got to be cancer. I'm going to record everything. Let's see. Well, that too. But didn't, didn't you last episode talk about setting limits and uh, boundaries and stuff specifically? Or did I just make that up? Probably. That's important. No, I'll I mean, that was it. part of our conversation, right? Because you were in a dark place and then, right, stabilized. And you said part of it was, like, knowing, right, your new position, your new job that you love, right? And, not necess- and, and giving yourself the permission to be like, you know, I have this advanced degree, but I'm not using it. And that's okay, because what I'm doing is making me happy. I think I had to reevaluate like what success means to me. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like financial, you know, it was more of happiness. And it's okay if my definition of success is different than somebody else's. But yeah, boundaries is huge. And not just with friends but with everybody with yeah. you know parents and siblings oh. and hey. my kids I think that was the biggest one it was my my kids because I let my kids problems consume me and so then I just became them and I had no identity so that's helped me get myself back it's just distant, distancing myself from my kids which sounds really selfish but I really don't think it is it's, Imagine I don't think it is I think I genuinely think that one of the things that really comes up and bites us at this point is if we've always put everybody else before us which most of us have you know most women have learned that from the age of whatever size we must always be all things to all people and, and our needs are kind of secondary somehow and then our hormones you know do the conger and we sort of go oh hold on I actually need time for me and I need space for me and I need 
put me first and and there's yeah there's still absolutely the narrative that that is selfish but it isn't <laughs> it's not selfish to keep yourself going so that you can then keep everybody else going you know it's like the giving tree i don't want to be a stump i hate that book the giving tree in the end yeah yeah because the tree just continues to give to, the, to her child so she gives like the leaves and the limbs and then in the end all she has left is a trunk and so the kid's like that's fine and so he sits on the trunk Except he's not a kid anymore. He's like, he's an old man then. Yeah. So she's been enabling him all these years. But like, this is actually a kid's story that circulates and we read to our kids. Like we're promoting this complete selflessness, which I don't think is healthy at all. And in the end, all you have is a stump? Like what? No. Hot take on the giving tree. Well, it's true. I completely agree with you. It's one of those books that I find both really touching and really disturbing at the same time. (laughs) But I mean, Annie, imagine, you know, imagine if you replaced your kids with chickens. I mean, think about how smooth sailing that would be. You'd you'd get eggs and everything. Right. You know, Beth lives with a pig now. I do. I do. He um, wounded me. I don't think Steve will listen to this. And because Steve yesterday, Steve hates the pig. He was like, what oh, is man. that on your nose? What did you do? And I was like, oh, uh, I fell. No. <laughs> that's I scratched no, myself. No, no. That's no, like, 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 like <laughs> that's, that's, I need to go outside right now. I I I covered for that pig. <laughs> and it's like, you know, because they root, I was, you know, it got really swollen. I'm trying, I hope it doesn't get infected because you know it was his little tusk. So and, Steve just looking for a reason to get rid of the pig. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you need then you need yeah. to keep this. Under wraps, literally like band-aids and mask. I blamed it on my mask. Like I was putting my mask on and it I scratched myself. None of our spouses listen to our podcast. I know, so I'm safe. Zero (laughs) percent spouse (laughs) listener rate. I can say whatever I want. You can say anything. Yeah. 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 I can stop calling my wife my hypothetical wife because I know she's not listening. I feel like I had things under, that's the other thing, Emily. Like, I feel like I have stabilized and then something else will like psh, smack me in the face. So I, I like updated. A pig. Like, well, that's just, so that's, that's where I'm going with this. Now I have like this, it's not like OCD, right? It's almost like impulse control that I, so my friend is like, I have this adorable pig that my brother has in a fifth floor apartment. We need a home for it. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll take that thing. Why not? Without consulting anybody else in the house. You've, so, to, to be fair, I've known you for five years, maybe six years. You've always been like that since I've known you. Oh, well, maybe it's, you know. Well, I mean, but I guess according to you, you, yes, you started this when you were 38. So, yeah, so. I was already in perimenopause. But I mean, this is like, this is next level. That's what I'm saying. Like, I have been a little distractible, I feel like. Um, and then, as we discussed in the last episode... Right. Like I, (laughs) I made a poor choice, (laughs) totally impulsive. And hopefully I will be able to wriggle out of it. Um, Hopefully. hopefully I want to say so many. And privileged enough that I can wriggle out of this poor choice. Uh, No one was injured. No one was injured. I don't know if I said that in the last episode either. Yeah, you did. Just property, just property damage. But yeah, so that's that's where I'm at right now. It's like, what the hell is going on? And I definitely know it has something to do with eating. So, and I think I mentioned, I don't, I'll, sometimes I feel hungry. I'm like, okay, I'll eat. But other times I don't feel hungry. And then it's like that hangry 
hit like hits me and I it's not the homicidal rage it's just like the hangry but also like <laughs> making dumb decisions so I, I don't know I feel like I pin one thing down and then something else crops up that's why I have five dogs and 39 <laughs> chickens yeah. Beth had some bears come through her chicken area not that long ago well, yeah. it was kind of like three or four years ago. I mean, it, it was a few years ago. Um, yeah, like actual bears. Like yeah, we, bear. have, we have bears yeah. around here. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have black. Sorry, bears. I'm in England. We don't have these sort of exciting things over here. <laughs> you have we don't have them in Iowa bears. either, where Annie is. But yeah, so that was. Um, and typically, the bears don't attack the chickens, but this one was out for blood. I mean, it it decimated the flock. So I put up an electric fence, and it hasn't been back. Since. So we get foxes and they will decimate them. We mm-hmm. got those too. Yeah. But, but, um, no, I, I, I slightly love bears. I spent some time working in Romania oh, with brown bears. Right. That is so cool. Yeah, I saw well one of your posts. Just, you know, another tangent for you. <laughs> so what did you, I know, but who cares? So what were you, what did you do with the bears? So um, it was like a, a voluntary thing. It was a three-month placement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just did whatever was needed. So it was it was a sanctuary that had been set up to bring in bears that had been rescued from all sorts of places. The the most bizarre was that one of the bears had been um <laughs> had been got from outside a uranium factory. Was that like the canary in the coal mine for the I mean I don't know. I don't know if it was deemed to be security or exactly canary in coal mine. I don't know. But but one of the bears had come from, uh, they'd come from all sorts of places, but that is still the most bizarre one. Anyway. Was it like some I, sort of super bear? <laughs> it wasn't such <laughs> <actually>. a <laughs> Or at least not when I was there. Right. Oh. When you were, when you were there, it was just a mild mannered yeah, bear I wearing mean, glasses. When I was there, it was just the Clark Kent of bears. <laughs> <you know. laughs> kind of clumsy. Yeah. Just kind of ditzy. Off it went. Um, but yeah, I had, um, so I'd, I'd been working in the French Alps and decided that I, when I first left there, I didn't want to just come straight back to England in the winter because England in the winter is crap. And so I Googled, you know, I really should learn that Google is not my friend. And I found this charity that was sending people to go and work in a bear sanctuary. So I went there. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's really um, cool. And it was, it was amazing. But, um, yeah, I can see if they if they if they decimated my chickens, I I maybe would have a slightly less favorable opinion of bears. This has Aww. been like a real pleasure, I have to say. This is probably my favorite podcast we've done yet. Me too. And, oh, good. And it's going to be one of the easiest ones to edit. Because <laughs> yeah. No, it really is because you're you're spot on. You've always got awesome stuff to say. We have a lot of pauses sometimes when we talk but you've always got like a good story. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can talk for England and probably further afield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and we're the king and queens of tangents too. So yeah, yeah, we love them. Yeah. A good tangent. I'm Maybe. glad about that. Was, you know, I'm, always, I'm always concerned when I, when I come on a podcast and then I'm like, Oh, I'm going down one of my tangents. And sometimes I sort of flip and go, Oh, it's not a tangent sort of a podcast. <coughs> no, next next time you come on, it'll we can just have an all tangent podcast if you want. Awesome. Just I'm stories in. off stories off stories off stories, and then just see where we end up. I am in. <laughs> Emily, thank you so much. 
This Thank was such a, it was a good birthday treat for me to, to awesome. get to do this with you um, <laughs> and see you in real time. Maybe not. Yes. Like here, but that's the other, you know, like COVID silver lining is <laughs> more 100%. of this is happening, which is awesome. Well, thank you again, <laughs> Emily, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. It was great having you. It really was. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today on Beth and Annie's Perimeta podcast. So thrilled again that we had Emily here, uh, Emily Barkley here with us. And until next time, bleed on. Bleed on. Yes, it's Perry. Yes, it's Perry. Must be Perry menopause.